Good morning. Can you all hear me okay? Um, I'm really excited to be here talking about Advent. This is sort of a um, like kind of new thing for me in a way. My Growing up, we celebrated Advent in a, in a way. We had the candles at church, but it wasn't, um, it was sort of like church, we had Advent, and we called it Advent up until Christmas, but then as soon as Christmas was over, we just moved on, and we didn't really um, celebrate like the season of Advent, like the arrival, the waiting, all of, or it was more about the arrival, not about the waiting. So um, the last few years, I've learned a lot about the traditions in Advent, and so I'm just excited to be talking, or glad to be talking about it. Um, this week, we're going to be talking about peace, and uh, last month or a few months ago at the elders meeting when we were kind of saying like who's going to take what week during Advent I was really trying hard to avoid the hope week because <laughs> I was like I don't have I don't know what to say about that and I was kind of thinking like maybe peace would be a good week like I'm kind of about that and so um, the last few weeks as I was praying and thinking and reading about peace I decided to look up the definition like not the biblical definition just like whatever showed up in Google and it said that peace was um, freedom from disturbance, quiet, and tranquility. And I thought, okay, I have two little kids. This is not probably, (laughs) maybe I should have tried to avoid peace because I'm not experiencing that freedom from disturbance very often. So I kind of, anyway, but I'm still excited to talk about it because I think it's a lot more than just what that definition is. I'm going to start by reading from Luke chapter 2. I think the scripture that I'm reading will be up. So this is Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 8. And it says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord, and this will be the sign for you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. It's a familiar scripture I'm sure that you've heard before. And I think something that um, is interesting about Advent is each each week we celebrate um, hope and peace, joy, and then love. And these are words that get used like all the time. So a lot of these words kind of are like, don't mean anything, you know, like, we've talked about with hope, we'll say, like, I hope my team wins the whatever, or, I never say that, I don't know why you said it as an example, <laughs> but we say, like, I hope my baby sleeps through the night, I've said that a lot, or, or we hope these things, but then we're also, like, having this hope in, um, in Jesus, and God, and, and the arrival of this baby, and so I was thinking about peace in the same way, it gets used, um, like, we pass the peace, and that's something churches do, like, every week, I'm sure they just say it, like, Nothing, you know, like, peace be with you, and so on, you know. Or you say, um, we talk about peace on earth, or peace and quiet. There's, we use it, um, there's like a parenting, peaceful parenting. You know, it just gets used so much, and I sort of begin to realize, like, I don't even know what peace means. And so I guess I kind of wanted to start the conversation just, if anyone wanted to share what peace means to you, um, or a time that's felt peaceful, or something that brings you peace, really anything, just to kind of, open up and for us to see like all the facets of the word peace. I guess that's kind of hopes. If anyone wants to share something also. I mean I think moments of, of real peace for me are moments when I understand the weight of the moment and I understand the weight of my surroundings. So like if I'm in East Texas and 
my son and I are walking down the driveway that's super beautiful in the woods with trees, and it's nostalgic, right? The weight of being home is like a peaceful thing, right? Or if you're, if Tobin falls asleep on me in the rocking chair, the weight of that moment is peaceful. It like, if I'm able to notice outside of myself that there's a moment that's heavy, that to me feels peaceful. So that's, think about the whole week. That's actually kind of similar to um, what I was thinking about when you asked us to think of a peaceful time. I actually pictured a time where my whole extended family gathered in western New York for my grandpa's funeral. And even though it was, you know, a sad time, it felt really peaceful that we were all in this tiny town in New York State where it was late fall, which we never experienced, and we were all together and we didn't mess around with our technology. And I think, yeah, the weight of the moment, even though it's a weird time to feel peaceful at a funeral or a funeral weekend gathering, but that's the thing that most came to me when you suggested that. Like a time when you're not going pulled in a million different directions, like you're just fully there, which I think you're fully there at a funeral and you're fully there when you feel that weight in the moment. And then I felt it recently during the snow running outside and just like there was a magic and then there was just like we're in the snow like the snow is hitting my face Actually, my example I was thinking of, which is like on a way lesser important scale than probably the things you're talking about, was um, a big thing every Christmas or like during the season is figuring out when we're going to be which parents and when we're going to see friends and all those things. And it's like a super stressful thing and I'm a terrible person to be around. Like the day I'm texting and calling and trying to coordinate like my in-laws and their sisters, you know, all the other pieces. But when it finally is finished, I'm like, Maybe everyone's not happy, but at least it's over. It's set, and I can like feel this peace about like it's already set. We got to do what we're gonna do, and there's like a peace in that. It's not totally the same as like moving towns or choosing to have kids or whatever, but big decisions, but that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, an author I love, uh, her name's Sarah Bessie. She says, "Peace is what we are headed towards, what we believe in, and what we practice." Kind of what we're gonna talk about today is um, some. I can never think of a better way to say it. Some different pieces of peace. I can never come up with a better, different facets, I guess. Let me pray, and then we'll um, read some more scripture. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the second Sunday of Advent. Um, thank you that peace is something you give to us freely. Um, just pray that you guide me as I talk and all of us as we um, have conversation about this peace that you've given us. Amen. I'm going to read from John chapter 14. And... Um, this is sort of leading up to what we're going to read. It's when Jesus is speaking to his followers, he's making promises of sending the Holy Spirit to live with them. He's promising that he's not going to leave, um, leave us as orphans. And he says, These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. 
Peace I leave with you, my peace I give, do, I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. And so I thought it's kind of a good place to start is thinking about that um, Jesus promises us peace. He's given us peace. And so it's there um, to be had, to be found. And then the next is um, from Second Peter, starting uh, in chapter 3, verse 8. But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promises, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God? because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn. But according to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace. So that um, it kind of represents that. So it's not just that we've been given peace. We're also called um, to, to have peace. And then finally, I want to read um, from Matthew 5. This is one of the Beatitudes, and just simply says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. So we are both called to have peace and bring peace or be peacemakers. So I kind of want to maybe see if anyone has ideas or thoughts about the difference, which, if there's a difference, and what the difference is between having peace and bringing peace or being a peacemaker. If anyone has a thought on that. There's a famous quote. Oh, someone about to say something. Yeah. Well, Do it, please. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I was kind of thinking of both, right? So it made me think about, um, we read this book about dignity, and it was this lady that pretty much traveled around um, the world, and she worked like, with rebels and like governments to create like, this peaceful, you know, to create peace between them. I think as believers, like, I, I, the way I want to say it is like we create environments and situations where we can bring in safety so that others can have that peace and reach that. But I also think it's kind of like I want to say, like I think about um, my most peaceful place is in the San Juan Mountains in Colorado, right? Like going up there and getting away from everything and camping. And 
also being a peacemaker is I took a group of like college students and stuff up there to kind of experience that same thing. So it's bringing that, so you can be a peacemaker in different ways of just like creating environments where people can find that peace, whether it's with themselves or with others. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like want to piggyback on that. Yeah. I mean, Kevin has a similar like job in some ways. Like, I spend thirty minutes every day creating like peace in my classroom by having a morning meeting, and it's like hard to set aside the time, but it just like makes the biggest difference if we like greet one another, share things that are going on in our lives, and then like kind of play a silly game together. <laughs> I mean, that's out, but it's like my classroom is. So much better because of that. Yeah, that's kind of um, where we're going next. So There's a famous quote that says uh, it's Thomas Akempis, and he says, "For we reason." We did a high five. Oh. <laughs> you can interrupt me as much as you need oh, to, yeah, since yeah, I interrupted yeah. you so terribly no, last okay. week. So. <laughs> I'm still feeling uh, guilt over that. Uh, Thomas Akempis says, first keep the peace within yourself, and then you can also bring peace to others." And so it's kind of thinking on this. Um, like, I love and am mildly obsessed with all things like slow living, um, just stillness, just taking things slow. We, we homeschool, we like have these long, slow mornings where we, um, I like really love that. And I really have to work hard for it in my life. That's not my go-to. Um, and so I was thinking, though, kind of uh, along with Austin's reflection from this week, though, is peace the same as stillness? Is peace the same as calm? Um, is having peace within the same um, as those things. And so I guess I kind of want to talk about this like idea of peace within yourself, and then we'll move on and talk about um, being peacemakers. And so there's an author that I like. I'm just going to read you a couple of short quotes from her, and then I kind of want to see if y'all agree with her. Um, she says, If I want to be a vessel of life from which others can draw, a resource from which they can learn about God or pick up wisdom, I must make time to fill my heart and mind with wisdom, encouragement, and strength. And this is, um, her name is Sally Clarkson. And then she kind of goes on to talk about how taxed mothers are specifically, but I think really all of us. I mean, between work and partners and children, um, like commitments with our friends and our, our extended family, all of that, we can really feel that our days are spent like giving and giving and giving. And so she says, unless we create a plan for filling ourselves up, our hearts, our minds, our strength, we will eventually run dry and be unable to bring much to the table. She says, I must take time to be centered to make sure my own needs are met, or I'll serve with resentment instead of purpose and will eventually burn myself out. I kind of wanted to open up to see both how do you fill yourself up to serve? Is that important to you? Is that biblical? Like, um, Is that something like as Christians that we're see an example of or are told to do um, if anyone wants to kind of offer something along those lines. Well, I agree with that. Um, I, Allison and I have talked about this before. Within our relationship, we, we really value time like alone for our individual selves and um, to be able to seek out our passions or just, you know, uh, you know, things that, yeah, refresh us and, uh, and give us you know, a, a lot of um, personal fulfillment. Um, and, and then, and, and, I, and I believe as you come back to the relationship, you're, you're 
person and, and you're able to um, be, be your better self than the other significant other uh, sees you as. Yeah. I spend a lot of time thinking about it as well. I think if you're in a giving profession, you always feel like someone needs something from you. And I think for me, yoga has just been great. And I feel like when I take that time for myself, and it could just be whatever it is for myself, uh, just making time and showing that, oh, if I drink water right now, we're going to the bathroom. Like, I mean, I sometimes I forget to do those. Yeah, things. no, that's huge. I, at home with the kids, sometimes I'll have to, like, mantra, like, have a drink of water, get a drink of water, because yeah. I'll like, be trying to make it from one of the house to the kitchen, and there's 10 things along the way, or yeah. go to the bathroom also, <laughs> is sometimes I'm like, take care of that so that you can not um, be short with your kids. Yeah. I think, I think we obviously see Jesus. We, I think there's a, there's a tension there with me. This, this whole idea is a, is a tense thing with me, because, we're not tense, it's, it's a tension. Because we could read our lives into Jesus and say, well, Jesus just needed to get away with the Father to have his own time. But I, I don't know that that's, I don't know that he's doing it the same that we are, like, I want space from my, you know, from all the questions that come at me during the day. I don't think that's necessarily what it is all the time. I think it's a different kind of refilling or a different kind of communion. I think it's more like a, I just want time with my Father. Like, I, I need time to know God, right, in, in certain ways. And I, I'm with you. I agree with all of you. I, I want this time also. I want, there's certain things that I do that feel like it stills me and makes me better when I get back in the door of the house. But honestly, I feel like my hope, and I think hopefully all of our hope would be that the giving is refreshing at some point. Like that the giving is like the filling of our cup as well other than just pouring it out to everyone. And I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that's like a real, I don't think it's a necessarily a biblical concept yet in my head. But I think that in my head is the goal to not like need my time away to be a better father. You know what I mean? To, to hopefully like try to be a better father helps me feel like I should keep being a better father. You know, does that make sense? It's, so this idea of needing space is hard because I do need it. I agree. I don't, I don't know. It's just, in all honesty, that was tricky for me. Yeah. And I thought about this, like, as we, I'm like, this is definitely, like, a real thing in my life. I get up early in the morning. I, like, have a mandatory quiet in your room time in the afternoon. You know, like, I need a lot of um, space, but I kept wondering the same. Like, is this, are we, like, I don't know. Yeah, it's the same thing. And so, but I, I did, um, I also thought, like, you know, I'm not Jesus, and I don't know what his, you know, I imagine his, like, capacity looks different. His, like, big picture was so different than what I can ever grasp, and I think, um, yeah, for me, like, adding in that margin time in the day to, like, move slower, listen better, like, kind of just be more in the moment, finding that peace, not just when I'm in the mountains, but trying to find those, like, moments of peace all day have made all the difference, um, for me, and so I think, um, yeah. So, so like when we add that margin in, we're able to, I think, hear the Holy Spirit better and hear that peace that's been given to us and find that peace. Um, and so that's kind of how I view the keeping the peace within ourselves is a lot of a lot of 
different things. You know, it looks different, I think, for everyone. So this is the, I think, important part of, like, the quote I said, that it's like, first keep the peace within yourself, and then, let me be sure I'm reading right. Um, first keep peace within yourself, and you can also bring peace to, to others. So to me, what this says, and what I think um, the Bible definitely um, supports, is that, like, we keep peace within ourselves so that we can bring peace to others. Um, and so I think as believers, we're given this peace. We're given it by, you know, the Bible says so much about peace. We're given from the Prince of Peace. He gives us, a, he gives us peace that passes all understanding. So the Bible says, peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. It says we are called to seek peace, pursue peace, promote peace, live at peace. Let us do what leads to peace. So obviously the Bible's like about peace and, and wants that to be part of us. And so I guess the next question or the next thing um, to talk about is like, how do we bring peace? Like all these verses are like, have peace, 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 all these things. So it's like, what does that look like practically? Um, and so I, I love this quote by uh, Richard Rohr. He says, you do not do acts of peace and justice as much as your life is itself peace and justice. You take your small and sufficient place in the great and grand scheme of God. I think it's easy for us to kind of get caught up in this big picture, see people doing really big social justice things for uh, for Christ and to think, well, I have little kids or my job's so demanding and we kind of get down on ourselves that we're not doing these huge things. But I, I think um, sometimes thinking that peace is only this huge thing, we forget about um, what, it can be called lots of things, but like, I think of it like daily peace, like the small, the small ways we can offer peace um, all day. Um, and so that's kind of what I want to talk about today. So we know the big needs and we know those big things, but for me, I spent so much time thinking, like, how can I, you know, like I said, like, do or bring peace? How can I do this instead of just taking these small steps um, all day to be a peacekeeper? So, um, I guess I like would love to hear what you think about that. <laughs> it's like a really not well said. So, like, what is daily peace? Like, what is like to me? I'll, I guess I can give mine. It's like taking a second longer to listen to my kids or a friend. It's remembering, oh, my friend was really struggling with this thing and like sending the text, say like, I'm thinking about you. And it's remembering to pray for my friends through the day because to me, like the, one of the best things that comes from that is because then I'm remembering that she's having a hard time, like thinking, like loving this friend through the day. Um, I think with strangers, it's like checking out Target and asking someone how their day was. Um, I, had a lot of people tell me very long stories and have had people in line behind me not seem super thrilled about my <laughs> engagement of the cashier. But those little things, right? Like if you've ever worked retail, it can be brutal to be behind a cashier, all, you know, the cash register all day. And just those small things, I think, can, can bring a lot of peace. So I was just wondering, I guess, what that looks like for y'all or what you would hope it would look like, um, if it looks like anything. I think a lot of times, as humans, we get very fixated on the now, and our emotions then play off of it. But when you can think big picture, I feel like in any situation that you're with somebody, you can bring a peaceful presence. Because if you go into a situation and the person is talking, 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 worried, 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 fearful, fearful, your emotional response could be to jump in with them and talk, 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 and you're only focusing on the now. Um, but when you pull back, and so I've been going back a lot to when Jesus um, 
after he fed the 5,000 and he sent his disciples out on the water and then he went away to pray. And then there was a big storm and they all started freaking out and then Jesus walked to them and then was it Peter got out of the boat? Okay, so they were only thinking about the now. They were freaking out and they were all freaking out. But then Jesus walks up. Peter's like, oh, let me come out to you. So he comes out to him and then he starts looking around and only thinking about the now and then starts sinking. And Jesus is like, bigger picture. No, I'm going to pull you out. Gets back on the boat and then there's just crazy peace. So when we only think about the now, we can seem to bring a lot of chaos and fear and worry and doubt. But then when we let Jesus in and we think about the big picture, how Jesus sees it, there's just so much peace because life is so much bigger than the individual circumstances. So I feel like in conversations with friends and loved ones, um, bringing peace could look like bringing a bigger picture to the table of not joining in with their emotional fears. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think something I think about a lot is like if I'm in the car and someone cuts me off or whatever and I want to like kind of, I don't know what I want to do, be like, ah. But I think, I always try to be like, I'm not in a rush. That's like one of my things I tell myself all the time. Or like if someone just like, I don't know, does something that delays me, I'll try to like say that almost like a mantra. Like, I'm not in a rush because I'm not. <laughs> like, I mean, rarely with kids, especially, I don't feel like there's really like room to rush. Nothing you can do anyway. They're not going to put their shoes on any faster. But um, yeah, I, I totally think that like we can choose in that moment to like bring peace or with um, with our spouses. I think when Brian and I first get mar- got married, spent a lot of time, and I still spend time doing this, so I'm sure. <laughs> but like really being like, but I was right. Like, I was right in this situation. But I think now sometimes it's like I try to have more of a thing that it's like, okay, what's better for both of us? Is it better for me to be right? Is it better for me to, like, have a peaceful evening and to, like, let it go? Or with kids sometimes, like, I'm so mad, and I'm like, you just punched me or whatever whatever they do, and I want to, like, carry that anger all day, but I can choose to, like, move on as quickly as they do, which can be oddly fast. Um... Or I can choose to, like, move on peacefully. And it's really hard because, you know, like, if Allison punched me in the stomach, I'm going to say things wouldn't go well about a half hour later, right? So it really can look different. But, I, I, yeah, I think it's, like, we can always choose in a moment to bring, to bring peace or to be peaceful. And I think for sure in conversation because it's really easy to respond with, like, yeah, me too kind of thing. Yeah, I, I like that. I don't have this fully thought out yet, but I was thinking about what peace is versus the difference of bringing peace and thinking about the life of Jesus, we kind of tend to think of him this peacemaker, but really he also came to turn children against their parents. I can't remember that verse exactly, which seems like the opposite of peace, but I think it's in the name of peace. And so when thinking about how you bring peace, I mean, sometimes the only way to bring peace is through war, which seems like the opposite responsible peace. And so I don't know what you do with that other than maybe like the right heart position of why you are acting the way you are. Because I imagine with your kids sometimes to actually get things to quiet down and settle down you have to raise your voice and get everyone's attention to bring the peace finally or something. Yeah, I think uh, an example that gets used a lot is like Jesus like throwing the tables over in the um, temple like saying like what you're doing is not right. Like this is not, um, and I think certainly, like we see plenty of examples of Jesus like who we know is peace, he's the prince of peace, right? Sometimes confrontation or like hard things have to happen in order um, for peace. I mean, certainly, yeah, I agree.
like what's going on in our country right now and like our world is just like when like discernment of like when do I need to speak up? When do I need to like, you know, maybe say something in a conflict that could bring about conflict? Like when someone does say something that's wrong or not okay, you know, racist or sexist or whatever. And so I think like even in the moment, like kind of recognizing like the ultimate goal is to bring in like such a greater sense and like what am I doing that can like add to that and discerning like when it's appropriate and when it's not that's just like what I've been thinking about a lot lately mm-hmm. yeah I think that's huge because I think part of bringing peace is speaking up for people who can't speak up for themselves and like us, we can bring peace that way definitely. and that I think could be a, a daily peace I mean we're on Facebook there's always somebody you can like not you know maybe it's not the best way but there, there are times when we can say like you know what I don't I don't agree with that like you know what you're saying is not sensitive to these to this person this marginalized group that kind of thing. yeah okay. last week when we talked about hope I wrote um, in my reflection about um, people that are living out the kingdom of God and are bringing hope and I think um, you know, for, the, for those that didn't read it, it, it was just sort of kind of like a list of people that I actually know that have done kind of big and small things that I feel like bring me hope when I can't find it. And it brings me hope that there are people that are still like out there fighting for others and, and bringing peace. And so I was thinking about them this week and I was like, well, maybe I should have written that for Peace Week. Um, but these are peacekeepers. These are uh, peacemakers, I guess is a better word. And so I wanted to end um, by telling you a story about my cousin and she's one of my favorite peacemakers and it kind of like starts with her choosing these like small um these small decisions to be peaceful and to bring peace and it ends with her doing um kind of this really great thing but it all seems so natural because she was just there like each step of the way um I'm not going to tell you all the details of everything because it's her and her girl's story but she um when she finished college, she, she and her husband moved back to her hometown, and she started teaching, like a lot of people do, in um, kind of like a, um, I guess, Title I, I don't know what they're called, like a Title I school, like a, a lower socioeconomic, just all the things kind of school. And there was a little girl in her class that was kind of tough, um, just hard to get through, kin- this kindergarten, little girl from kindergarten, and she just, but she like loved her so much, and she like just praised every, every good thing from her and just kept trying to like pull from the good of this little girl and loved her so much. And they finished the year, um, and she was like, that's not enough time with that sweet girl. And so she figured out a way that she could kind of like safely continue a relationship with the kid. And so they, I think, did like a big brother, big sister, or big sister kind of relationship. And she kept thinking like, that's not enough. And so then she was bringing breakfast to she and her sisters on Saturday, and they you know, just progression of years, like, pick them up from church, and um, there, there are six, six girls in the family, but this was one kind of in the middle, and so just, this progressed, this relationship, and over, I think it was maybe a five-year span from when she met one of her now daughters to adoption, but there came a time when these girls needed a home, and they, like, needed to be, um, they needed a family. And so because she was able to like say yes and move forward in these small ways, she was able to say yes in this really big way. And it didn't feel like her life, it didn't feel like overnight, like, okay, how do we get here? Oh my gosh. And it's, it's really hard. You know, I mean, they have six teenage girls, which is hard on its own, much less hard uh, 
girls had experienced trauma and experienced hardship, you know? And so it was just a really beautiful picture, I think, of like saying yes and saying yes and choosing peace and giving yourself over and over and over um, and, and it just feeling like a really natural thing. So yeah, um, it's just a beautiful story. Followed God's calling. Um, let me pray and then we're going to sing a little bit more. God, thank you for calling us to peace. I know when I'm choosing peace, um, both within and, and giving peace, um, my life feels better. And I know it's not what it's about, but thank you that that goes hand in hand. Um, just pray that today we look for small ways to offer peace to our spouses, to our friends, to neighbors that are hard to love, to um, people taking a long time to check out, register in front of us. And I just pray that you show us peace, that you um, show us all the opportunities you give us to be peacemakers.